that was Melissa Otto with I Know What What Love Is. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. And, well, I guess this is this is the beginning of The Breakfast Show. Yeah, yeah right? our order is a little yeah, out of whack we're, here today. We're, uh, we're doing some things different, and that's because currently, <laughs> if you are listening to us, well, you're probably not listening live. You're listening through the podcast. Yeah. We are having some technical difficulties, as our live show has it. So, you know, we're trying to get that booted up. But if you're listening on the podcast, I guess this is a bit of an Easter egg. You know, yeah. you're, you're listening to a different kind it's of show this It's exclusive bonus content. That's right. So shout out the podcast. I guess this is podcast exclusive. Mm. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, website exclusive. So fantastic stuff. Well, I just yeah. got to start by asking my good friend Brett, yeah. how are you this morning, bro? Going really well. Yeah. yeah, just happy to be here. Happy to happy to be doing this exclusive Easter egg. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Happy that's to have right. just had Valentine's Day yesterday. Yeah, with my wife, absolutely. You know, like good times. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Lawson? Oi, same same vibes. Um, you know, great day yesterday. I, uh, you know, I guess because this is exclusive content, you know, mm. I, I can say I, I did participate in Valentine's Day yesterday. I mm. I bought some flowers. I I bought some interesting items. You know, I it's not it's not something that I talk about on the breakfast show or on radio. The interesting uh, items were uh, vegan chocolate yeah, and, and um, grape non-alcoholic. Juice. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's <laughs> because sparkling like, grape juice. Sparkling grape juice, and uh, and I delivered that to. Uh, my, a certain someone, a certain someone who Ooh. I've been spending a lot of time with lately. So yeah, I, I'm on that journey at the moment, and I'm willing Very to good. reveal that on our exclusive podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so no, mate, just living our best lives, truly. Mm. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joined by myself, Lawson, my good friend Brett, and we hey, have hey. to say welcome to all our live listeners. We've been doing mm. some uh, sneaky secret Easter egg recording for the podcast yeah. <laughs> uh, simply because we have not had a show up until right now. Mm. Our, there was a server issue, uh, but now it says here we've got 148 of our sites online, which is, mm. you know, all the different places where we're broadcasting in. We're, we're really national Australia-wide, you know, yeah. and so we've got little broadcast stations pretty much everywhere. Hey, if you are listening to The Breakfast Show right now, please send us in a text message at 0491-064-669 as we have just come back on the air. Let us know, know you're listening. We need to know. Yeah. We need to know that people can hear us. You know, make sure it's working. We're you know. sending a Double message check. out into the ether, and we are hoping that you guys hear us. I, I guess maybe just want to start with Brett. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, good. Uh, good. Really good. Like good. Yeah. Had good, a good Valentine's Day. Good Valentine's Day oh, with the wife, you know, enjoying this whole voice crying out in the wilderness, trying to get people to text us. Just yeah, to confirm yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, no, it's a good time. How about Again, you, Lawson? That, oh. Fantastic. Our number, by the way, is 0491 And we've got some texts coming through that are letting us know that people can hear us. So that's really nice. Brilliant. Yeah, look, man, I'm, I'm doing good. Like, I, I had a good day yesterday. Had a, had a good Valentine's Day. Ooh. Um, might have, might have purchased some flowers. Might have, you know, uh, you know, participated in those kinds of activities, but I keep Ooh. that kind of stuff really close to my chest, so yeah. I'll, I'll probably leave it there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I had a really good time and, um, just looking forward to, to uni starting <coughs> soon and yeah, just 
Having a, I'm doing doing radio, doing Faith FM. I can mm-hmm. see a bunch of people listening. Thanks, Braden and Tracy, for writing in. I guess mm. there's a few things we can do now. We can firstly get into our quiz, and then secondly, get into some positively different news. Yes, yeah, let's just jump straight in. So the first quiz question today is: How old was Jehoash when he became king of Judah? Mm. So Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel. Mm-hmm. How old was Jehoash when he became the king? If you know the answer to that one, give us a text at 0491-064-669. We have two amazing books for our prizes this week. We've got Trouble on the Way and Hearts of Fire. Both of these books were given to us by Voice of the Martyrs. We are going to be interviewing Tony Benjamin tomorrow. Uh, he's our Voice of the Martyrs representative who you know gets on the show with us and talks about Christian persecution around the world. And that's what these books are about, Trouble on the way more profiling Christian persecution and talking about the idea of persecution, mm. Hearts of Fire being a testimony book, testimonies of people who have gone through pe- Christian persecution, who have overcome persecution, who have stayed strong in their faith despite persecution. Mm. So yeah, really powerful books, guys. You want these. Again, that question, how old was Jehoiash when he became king of Judah? 0491-064-669 is the number to text mm. this morning. All right, Brett. What is happening in the world of positively different news? Some really cool stuff, honestly. Um, the main story oh, so for good. today is actually a story from the Seventh Day Adventist Church, which is like okay. our sponsor here at Faith yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, basically, um, there's been a crisis mm-hmm. in Papua New Guinea, but this is positively mm-hmm. different news, right? So it's a good yeah. crisis in a way. Um, so since 2020 and the advent of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, a lot of home churches and things sprung up during the lockdowns in PNG, mm. and that has led to mm. the creation of more than six thousand new churches 6, in Papua New Guinea. Thousand new churches. Six thousand new churches in the Seventh Day Adventist Church. To put that in perspective, there's there's less than like around if you count companies and all of that sort of stuff like home churches. Yeah. There's less than seven hundred in Australia wide. Yeah. So. 6,000 new churches from yeah, 2020 wow. is pretty insane. That is incredible. That um, is like a church planning success miracle. That's incredible. Yeah, it's like the day of Pentecost or something. It's, yeah. it's it, The spread of Christianity is just going that quickly. Mm. So that is a massive blessing, first of all. Yeah, like, that is really cool. No matter your denomination, no matter where you sit, like seeing that many new churches mm. in such a short span of time is incredible news. Yeah, and I know that like the Seventh-day Adventist influence in PNG, I believe the Prime Minister of PNG or Papua New Guinea, is a Seventh Day Adventist as well, so mm. there's you know there there is a decent yeah you know, there's lots of work being done there by Adra and the likes yeah. and and so yeah it's it's fantastic to hear the you know uh, God is working in that space and uh, mm. yeah absolutely it's growing and and growing and growing yeah. You know. Um, however, the reason they're calling it a crisis mm. is that that much growth in such a short time does cause a bit of a resourcing crisis. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, like they're, they're trying to raise uh, $400,000 Australian. Mm. Uh, that's their goal for this year mm. across um, Adventists. The Adventist conferences, the different states basically have this thing called Big Camp. Mm-hmm. Um, where, yeah, people like go and it's like a regional conference where everybody yeah. gets together and like worships God and celebrates mm. the word for a week, you know, camp out. It's pretty fun. Um but they're trying to collect offerings at each of the different camps across Australia over the year. And, um, yeah, it's hit Tasmania already. 
Mm-hmm. And um, they've raised $4,000 already, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Essentially, this is going to like trying to help these guys get church buildings for their new yeah. churches, trying to get them to have pastors, to get mm-hmm. pastors out in the field, to train them, to get them from wherever. Because like yeah. 6,000 new churches, that's a lot of new pastors that need to be trained. You know, I'm surprised at how low this number is. I know it's PNG, but mm-hmm. like, you know, $400,000 for six. 1000 churches yeah. you know like that that is uh yeah that's that's a small <laughs> number i think this is the bare minimum that we could give to this situation it's oh, something absolutely to participate in because what we're seeing here you know when jesus says uh, and then the you know the message of the gospel mm. shall go to all nations yeah and then the end will come you know i think matthew 24:14 and yeah. and the likes this is an opportunity to participate in that Oh, 100%. And so, like, the Seventh-day Adventist Church is a worldwide organization. So, yeah. like, there's people donating from all over the place. Australia is just pledging a certain amount, you know, everywhere is doing a little yeah. bit. So I'm sure they're getting more than $400,000 yeah. total. But that's certainly, yeah, like, it's a, it's a solid goal. I love but, this. Agree. I love I love that, that we have associated the word crisis with immense church growth. Uh, mm. <laughs> that, that's powerful. That That is positively different in, here on The Breakfast Show this morning. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, if anyone's interested in it um, or potentially even wants to look at donating, um, it's a bit of a lengthy email uh, but the or, or web address, I should say. But mm-hmm. basically, you want to go to stewardship.adventistchurch.com slash 2024 camp mission offering. Yeah, and we can so also... So you can just Google that. We can send that through to you as well. If you text in on the text line, 047... Uh, mm. Sorry, I should say 0491-064-669 is the number to text. If you text in on that text line, we'll be able to send that link yeah, to you that's as probably well. the best way. Mm. But yeah, like an incredible cause. And if anyone's feeling led to donate, like... Hallelujah. You know, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In other news, um, this is just an interesting sort of story about a um, 100-year-old D-Day veteran mm. um, who, he's he's just turned 100. He's got yeah. this really cool, this is a story from the 13th, actually. Um, he's got this story where he, he knew that the war ended two mm. days before everybody else, or at least most people, because yeah? he, his job was to, like, decode communications. Ah. And, yeah, basically information about the ceasefire was given to him to pass on. And he kept the original translation that he was mm-hmm. able to decode from their coded message, where however that coded messaging mm. worked. Um, yeah, he was able to keep that. The text read to quote, the German war is now over. The surrender is effective sometime tomorrow. Mm. So this is like the first notice of this getting spread out to higher command. And he's kept that note. Yeah, um, wow. And he's, he's actually donated it to a few museums, mm. um, different uh, copies of it, I should say. But he said that the real one's staying in his family. He's very proud of it. Of course, but, of course. Um, and it's it's fortunate in this sense and situation. You know, he's not getting. I call it. He he's not getting Israeled, uh, which mm. is like if you find anything in Israel, like <laughs> they they take it off you because yeah. they're like, no, no, that's our history. No, he gets to keep it because it's his history. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So that's just a really cool. It's a little story, but I thought a very positive one. This this mm. guy, hundred years old, veteran of D Day. You know, which for those who don't know, is the invasion uh, by the Allies in World War Two of Normandy in France mm. to start taking down. It's really when um, the Third Reich, Nazi Germany, started falling. Mm. You know, D-Day was like the catalyst of the, the Allies really gaining the upper hand in Europe. Mm. And, um, yeah, just a really cool little story, I thought. Yeah. And, of course, you'd want to keep memorability of that because you're a, a, a critical part of, of history there, mm. you know, and of, you know, I think, one of the most decisive conflicts to take place in the last hundred years. You know, yeah. it was from that, that conflict essentially set in stone, you know, what the rest of the century would oh, yeah. would look like. Redrew and the map in that's, many areas. Yeah, that's right. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right now, joined by my myself, Lawson. Got Brett in the studio mm, as well. Shell on the decks, getting it done. And we are going to have our next quiz question. Yes, this is a complete the verse. So, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs... Something. Yeah. You tell us fill in that blank. Tell us how it finishes if you do and if you text that answer through to zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We have some amazing prizes for you. What are these books, man? Tell us about well, it. Well, we've got two books here. We've got mm-hmm. Trouble on the Way and Hearts of Fire. And both of them are really looking at persecution in the mm-hmm. modern sense. Like I don't know about everyone else, but me, I often think about persecution in this historic sense. But there's there's a lot of situations around the world in places less fortunate than Australia, which has its religious Mm -hmm. freedom and stuff like that, where people still really struggle to share the gospel. And there's some amazing stories, sometimes of outright martyrdom, but sometimes of triumph against incredible odds. Mm. Um, And really, either way, the gospel spreading. Um, So that's what Hearts of Fire is all about. It's these incredible testimonies. Trouble on the Way is more about like how to deal with persecution in many Mm. ways. Like It's about a guide to that how to deal with it, where it's coming. Really, you guys want to get your hands on these prizes. They're both really cool books. They're Mm. really, yeah, they give a lot of context and perspective to the present day, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. These are fantastic resources, fantastic books that you Mm. would love to read. Again, that number, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text if you know the answer. If you do, again, you'll go into the draw Mm. for these prizes. And again, complete the verse. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs... Something, yeah. Let us know. You've got to have the right attitude for a beatitude. That's my hint. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, Brett. Oh, that's awesome. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Hey, listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, in some more current news, yesterday not only was Valentine's Day, but it was also Ash Wednesday, uh, which is very important in, you know, for Catholics and mm. Anglicans and whatnot. I grew up going to a Catholic primary school, and mm. so I, even though I didn't come from a Christian family or a background, you know, participating in Ash Wednesday mm. every year, you know, rubbing the ash on your forehead and, and, you know, th- that, uh, Ash Wednesday symbolizing the, the, the lead up ultimately to, you know, uh, eventually you get to, to Easter, which is mm. a fair bit down the road. But hey, uh, as a result of this, uh, Christian climate activists, this is coming out of the UK, uh, Christian climate activists, which is like, you know, made up of this group that I can see here. It's made up of, Catholics and Anglicans, mm. uh, as a result of Ash Wednesday, have started a 10-day prayer vigil, uh, and it's completely due to and in regard of climate change and ending fossil fuel usage in the UK. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was reading all about this, and, you know, I started to... I started, I'm like, this This looks familiar to me. This lo- This looks familiar. Uh, just reading about their campaign, they are making demands of parliament, because that's where they're set mm. up, um, to, you know, make uh, the UK's biggest polluters pay for their climate action, um, deliver and build on the UK's international climate finance uh, pledges, and pay into the UN's loss and damage fund, and then mm. finally ban new UK-based fossil fuel projects. So this is wow. this is their demands, and this is being spearheaded by Christian, like by mostly I would say like Catholics and Anglicans, um, and is being you know supported by the leaders of those churches, and mm. of course Justin Welby and whatnot is teach is is tweeting about it and. Well, when I read it, Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, by the way, who you know, leader of the Anglican Church, Church of England, and as I read this, I started to feel like some some familiar, some familiar tingles, you know, in my mind and some vibes. And, and whatnot, and that's because, like, 
I, I did a story yonks ago where I successfully called the, the fishiness of the Church of England's political posturing on mm. social issues. And those two main social issues were immigration and climate change. And climate change. Yeah. Now, regards, and, and, and I, the reason I called it fishy is because I'm like, these guys do no talking or explanation or anything about anything to do with the Bible or the gospel mm. or the mission. or any, They don't try and reach people. They're, like when you look at their, their, their releases, when you look at Justin Welby's Twitter, all this stuff, mm. it's all about these social issues rather than... Uh, participating in the mission that God has given us to reach people with the message, you yeah. know, to, to share the gospel. And I'm like, why? Like, why is this? And then it turned out that they're actually running this racket <laughs> of um, helping people seek asylum. Like the Church of England has been, and this is a huge investigation mm. now, they're being investigated for helping people who are seeking asylum convert from mostly from Islam mm. to Christianity in order to put them on the church books to bolster their numbers mm. uh, and simultaneously they get asylum. So it's like this win-win situation. And yeah. the reason this came to a head was because there was one of these people who had sought asylum and converted to Christianity yeah. then participated in like an Islamic, uh, you know, Islamic-inspired uh, uh, terrorist attack mm. essentially through like chemicals on some people and in... Mm. in a shopping center in Clapham in the UK. Yeah. And when I say Islamic inspired, I'm not saying that he read the Quran and he was inspired to do this. You know, we know this is extremism. Mm. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, Radical not, Islam, that, not that's mainstream right. Islam. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's like, wait, you know, and so this has started this investigation. Now, again, so I was right on that issue. Yeah. Now we're seeing, again, all this climate posturing and I start, the the, the gears in my head start to turn. I'm like, well, why are they doing this? Mm. I am very pro-conservation. I'm yeah, very, creation care yeah, absolutely. And, and if you've listened to the breakfast show for some time, like you would know that. Mm. But when churches make their entire goal and mission to be, Hey, mm. let's bolster climate efforts rather than share the gospel. Like mm. I see that and I start to, you know, my alarm bells start going yeah. off. I'm like, there's something happening here. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing all this political posturing mm. rather than sharing the gospel? And especially when, and you know, uh, I'm trying to see. I'm like, okay, is there any other fruits of their mm. mission? And I know that there's there's Anglican, there's things that the Anglican and the you know Church of England are doing that are positive and supporting mm. the community and whatnot. Uh, but then uh, recently, I just read, you know, in Canterbury Cathedral, this is like the 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 main church of mm. the Church of England. Like this is where Justin Welby preaches and mm. and whatnot. Um, yeah, over the weekend they had a '90s themed silent disco where. 2,000 people showed up and danced and listened to just regular secular 90s music mm. and, you know, drunk alcohol that was being served there. Yeah. It was like 25 pound a head and you could just show up and basically they're running the church like a club, essentially. Yeah. Wow. And again, I see this and I'm like, how does this positively contribute to sharing the gospel? Yeah. The Bible says this, uh, Matthew chapter 7, 15. It says, beware of false prophets who come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You know, and I, I say that and it's like, oh, Lawson, what right do you have to say that someone is acting in that way? And and it's, well, I think all of the evidence that I've just shared. Yeah. But then we get into the, this verse here, verse 16. You will know them by their fruits. Mm. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? 
Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad trees bear bad fruit. And I think when we see in the space of the Anglican Church and even in the Catholic Church at the moment, you know, I I think that if we look at the Catholic Church and systematic abuse being covered up and whatnot, like Mm. that's one thing. But we see both in the Anglican Church and and the Catholic Church from an institutional level in terms Mm. of the direction of their churches. Both of them recently have made decisions to go back on their stances on marriage, you know, that are biblical and traditional. Like we are seeing all of these widespread sweeping anti-biblical changes happening in these Mm. institutions. We're seeing them, the main work that they're doing is posturing on social and political issues and then they're using their churches to be nightclubs. Mm. Like, I see all of this, and I say, look, it, it, I can see from their fruits that these guys are not trying to positive, co- positively contribute mm. to the great commission that Jesus has given us. Yeah, they're bleeding numbers. Even in Australia, I looked at the census data. Absolutely. And they lost, between 2015 and 2021, I think it was, they lost over 600,000 people. Absolutely. That, that's colossal. That's yeah. a massive loss. And again, the que- well, the the... The thing that we should we should be focusing on, you know, their mm. fruits. What are their fruits? What are the mm. fruits of this? Are they because of all these widespread changes? Are they growing and leading people to Christ? And the yeah. answer is is no. And well, that's it. They're leading them away. If anything, that's my point. That's right. And maybe yeah. you're listening this morning, and you come from these particular backgrounds. And and my advice there, I'm not saying this because I hate you. I, no. Or I hate people in that church. No, we're we're saying this this morning because we are trying to encourage people get back to the Word of God. Yeah, get if back anything, to a rebuke to the Anglican leaders that's who right. seem to be doing the wrong thing here. Nothing get, against the Anglican denomination. Absolutely. Yeah. Get back to the Word of God. Get back to the mission that Jesus has given us. Uh, mm. Jesus is coming back soon. He's called us to share the gospel to hasten His coming, guys. Yeah. Let's participate in His mission rather than just wasting time on this folly. Mm. Running a disco in your church will not change the community. (laughs) Sharing the gospel will. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Myself, Lawson, got Brett across from me as well. We're about to get into an interview with our good friend Taylor and get into his story and the amazing things God is doing and has done in his life. Mm. Before we get into that, we will have our next quiz question. Yeah, so question three is, which apostle took his wife with him on missionary journeys? Mm. So, yeah, which apostle took his wife with him on the mission? Um, Yeah, that number is 0491-064-669. Text in your answers. Go in the running to win one uh, or two, actually, great prizes that will be drawn tomorrow. Mm. So those prizes are Hearts of Fire and Trouble on the Way, which are both these awesome books about persecution in the modern world and how to deal with it, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, This is fantastic resources, guys. Amazing books, a blessing. And it'll be awesome to hear from Tony Benjamin as well in our interview tomorrow. Mm. uh, To hear, he'll give us a bit of a profile as to what the work that they're doing and, and yeah, the way that they Mm. are working around the world. So really amazing stuff. Again, that question was, which apostle took his wife with him on missionary journeys? If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we are joined in the studio by, well, a fellow uh, comrade of ours. And yeah. I say comrade not in the... We're, we're, we're definitely... We're not, uh, we're not Marxists <laughs> this here. This is not the Soviet Union. No, no we're not. But uh, we are theology students, mm. and yeah, we've got a, a classmate with us, our good friend Taylor. Taylor, how are you doing this morning? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah, yeah we are stoked to have you on. 
and to get into your story, your background, how God has worked in your life mm. up until this point and the things that you're doing now. And I guess, you know, I always start with this question. Whenever we do testimonies is, mm. is a, a bit of like a profile of yourself. You know, yeah. where are you from? What, what, you know, what, what is your, what is your background? Yeah. You know, what yeah. is your family life? What is that kind of thing? Give it, give us some information. Yeah. So, um, I was uh, born and bred in South Auckland, New Zealand. Okay, New Zealanders. Yeah, we have some New Zealanders who listen to the show. Shout out those guys. Yeah, Shout out the Kiwis. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay, calm down. Calm down. Hey, you're in Australia now. We, uh, yeah. don't, we don't need any of that. We don't uh, need that enemy propaganda here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, I, just, I received my citizenship two weeks ago. So oh, you're Aussie. Oh, congratulations, oh, congr- Mate, best decision of your life. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. Yeah, okay. So here in Australia, but coming originally from from. Auckland, yep. uh, New Zealand, and how how long did you spend there before you came over to Oz? Yeah, look, uh, I've been back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. Mom stayed in New Zealand, and Dad here in Australia. So okay, it's been a bit of a journey. Um, but yeah, mm. that's how long it's I've been yeah, sorry, I've been there for fifteen years, and I re- returned back in twenty twenty. Okay, and okay, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, amazing. Now, do you come from a religious family, a Christian family? Yes, both uh, my parents, uh, they're Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, okay. So I grew up and the influence and the impact that they've had in my life is mm. positive. And mm. yeah, so I've, I've grown up in a, a religious family. Yeah. So man, when did you first find like your personal faith? Like when, when did you, because obviously growing up in a Christian family, you're raised with it. But I, I've often talked to people raised in the church and they, they have like a, a, a time where they've, yeah. they, they've realized that personal connection with Jesus. Do you have like a moment like that in your life? Yeah. Thanks, Brett, for the question. Um, yeah, look, 2004, uh, I remember, um, you know, growing up in a religious family, you, you hear them praying and having devotions every day, but, you know, you don't have that personal connection mm. until 2004. Mm. I did a prayer. There was this girl that I really liked at church. <laughs> nice. And I go, it was my first kind of genuine prayer. I go, Lord, if you are the God that my grandparents and parents are talking, you know, praying to every day. Can you please allow me to see or date this girl? No one, n- nothing will make you pray, pray more than when you're considering someone. That is like so true for a young guy. Like when you when you have a crush, man, you you fall on your knees. Yeah. You're like, God, please. We've all been there, bro. That's awesome. Okay, so, cool. and then 2005, God answered that prayer, and you know, I'm not saying that. If you pray for Taylor Swift, you'll get Taylor Swift. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's according. So I was reading the, uh, there's a Bible uh, verse uh, here that First John um, 5, 14, it says, mm. um, when we come to God in confidence and when we ask anything according to his will, he will hear mm. us. According to his and, will. And um, look, I can say now 20 years later, that girl that I prayed for is my wife and we are doing yeah, well. ministry together. So it was according to God's will. Wow. Oh, so man. I just want to put that in there. You know, we can't pray for anyone. It's according to God and he'll hear, mm. uh, God will, will answer our prayers according mm. to his timing. Mm. So that's Absolutely. how it started. So you like, again, growing up in the church, you're familiar with these things, you're participating in church, but it was like that prayer was... 
I guess, you know, through a relationship, it was like, oh, wait, like God is actually wanting to enable me to, to live for him, yeah, you man. know, to, to participating in his mission. And, and I, you know, people pray that prayer, I think, about many different things. It can be, oh, mm. God, which, which degree should I study? Which mm. school should I go to? Which da-da-da-da. Mm. And God answers to enable them to be a part of his That's will. Great. And for you, yeah. you know, it just happened to be the, yeah. the situation of a relationship. Yeah, now, you prayed that prayer you know, you end up with this girl. What was that? And you know, seeing you now as a as a ministry student, seeing you as someone who is um, participating in pastoral work, all of these things. Yep. What was then the journey from there, from kid going to church to yep. I have a deep desire to be in ministry and to be used by Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look, it took ten years from that that, that the year I prayed. It mm-hmm. took ten years. So two thousand and fifteen is where I. I accepted Christ and Mm. obviously she was still my partner at the time. Mm. Now I grew up in a traditional church Mm. um, and it just felt like it was a a routine going to church, Mm. but I was Mm. always doing my roles, participating in youth Mm. um, programs and whatnot. But we ran a a boot camp one time Mm. and we invited not only obviously our church, but we opened it to to the community Mm. and we had people that invited us to our Vespers and I attended that that church or that Vespers, Vespers is a Friday night service. And there was someone that was sharing their testimony. Mm. And when they shared their testimony, it just changed the way I thought. And, and yeah, the mm. spirit just yeah, touched me. And it's well. from then on. Now, this group that was sharing their testimony, they also had a group called um, Rescue Me. And mm. it was a bunch of young adults sharing the gospel, um, preaching from, you know, great controversy and all that. And what do you call it? Yeah, from then on, we attended these uh, mission groups and it was me leaving my comfort zone. Yeah. That's when I fully experienced Christ mm, and yeah, that's wow. where the journey started, 2015, and it's still going right now. Praise the Lord. That's cool. Yeah, well, I think um, I-, I love that because for many young people who grew up in the church it's in brett and myself like we're mm. not from that background at all like no. both both of us no. come from non-church backgrounds both of us have kind of conversion stories into mm. the church whereas uh, you know from a lot of the the stories that i've heard from young people who grew up in the church it does seem to be like it needs to be that moment of decision mm. and it's awesome because I hear it for a lot of them. It is interacting with those testimonies of faith yeah. because they can sometimes feel like, and, and, and tell me if I'm, if you're resonating with this, yeah. it can sometimes feel like, I guess that you, you do your roles and you're faithful to them. And it's like, okay, mm. this is what being a Christian is, but maybe the, the power yeah. or the, the, the miracles is like, oh, you, you know, maybe you don't see them every day when you're collecting offering or every yeah. week when you're collecting offering for Sabbath school or, or when you're uh, playing guitar up the front, you maybe you don't see those miracles. And it's mm. like, okay, is this, is this really real? And then you start hearing those testimonies. You start seeing, it's like these people who have participated in ministry, who are, yeah. who are trying to reach people with the gospel. It's like, man, they just have story after story after yeah. story. And, yeah. and I think when young church kids interact with that, they're mm. like, wow, like that's, that's, that's amazing. And that's something that I want to have. Yep. And then they mm. go on to experience it yourself, uh, yeah. all themselves. And I think for yourself as well. Yeah. So you hear these testimonies, you're like, that's powerful. Mm. You know, you start participating uh, a little bit in you know, Bible studies and whatnot with people yep. in the community. Mm. What was the decisive decision for you of like, okay, I'm going to go and study my degree in theology to yeah. live a life as a pastor? Yeah, it was um, Big Camp in South Queensland, 2022, uh, wow. we attended. 
um, I heard that two of my friends who are pastors in New Zealand were coming over to run the two tents here in South Queensland. Mm. And so I, I attended. And when I got there, I saw other four pastors. These other four pastors, and the reason I'm mentioning them is we went to primary school together in, in, mm. in Queensland. And we were not really up to any good back then mm. to see them as pastors because I've been away for so long. Yeah. That was um, inspiring. Um, mm. And then I took my two mates that were um, preaching from New Zealand out on, on a Mecca's run one night. Mm. Classic. And I don't know what it was, but they popped the question, would you ever consider going to Avondale or, or to uni to study? Mm. And I've all been asked this question a few times that we just kind of brushed it off. But this time, I don't know if it was something in the chicken nuggets that I ate <laughs> that night, but... The Holy Spirit can come through those chicken nuggets. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't sleep that week. So um, wow. we just renewed our, our lease for rent. So um, I, you know, when God, I couldn't sleep that whole week and I decided, you know, I asked my wife, should we go to Avondale or, or go to study uh, ministry? And yeah, it just kicked off from there. And mm. I saw God's hand in everything um, coming here to Avondale. But prior to the camp, I had a cousin. Um, he's from Palmerston North, pastor, a pastor as well. Mm. He called and go, "Hey, cuz, would you be willing to go on a road trip to um, Kurumbong or to mm. and then to Melbourne?" I go, "Yeah, sure." So this trip or road trip that we had planned was actually them dropping me off here mm. to Avondale. So God planned it a, a few months before, and I just didn't see it till we got here. Wow, and, and that's man, cool. Praise the Lord! And you guys both experience when when you say yes to a calling. You would just see God's hand in, in everything. Yeah, that yeah. absolutely. No, yeah, it's funny. I was at that same big camp, and that the theme "I will go." You know, is definitely oh, inspiring. Yeah, true. Yeah, like, yeah. Taylor and I started studying at the same time, so yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's powerful, guys. I I can say as well. You know, like reflecting on uh reflecting on the call to come and study. I know for me, like yeah. my background is I uh I dropped out of school like after year nine um mm. to to go and i was at the time pursuing a professional sporting career and uh and then yeah you get the call to go and to go and study to go and mm. minister and and for me it was like oh i have like no background in education uh but yeah did a mature student test and got you know immediately into the degree for me mm. and it's like i think for all of us we see like wow like god just opens the door so widely because yeah. it is such a big commitment like mm. four years to go and to study a degree which the outcome of that isn't just like, like I, I think studying is really noble and amazing in terms of like a, a, any profession. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're not going into an industry where it's like, oh, there's all these got jobs going and oh, you know, you can be, get your, get a job as a, a software engineer and join mm-hmm. a startup or make a start. Like it's, it, cool. even though those are really awesome, it's like there's such a heavy application there of mm. you go and get your degree to go and be a pastor yeah. and yeah. to commit a life to ministry. It's mm. that, that commitment is quite big. And so it's amazing to hear that God really blessed you yeah. in, mm. in that yeah. situation, in that scenario, yeah. and open those doors. Well, well, tell us about then, like as we wrap up, your experience down here, like you, you've been down here, you've been studying ministry for a year. Yeah. How's that going? Like, what have you experienced down here? How's that? Yeah. How are you finding yeah, it? Yeah, look, I, I love the experience here. I mm. love, um, you know, interacting with, like, yourself, Lawson and Brett. Mm. Um, and I love the content. Um, mm. And just, yeah, being present here, because I, mm. I was thinking about doing it remotely, but mm. there's a, a difference in coming here, being yeah, physically definitely. here and mm. experiencing it and talking to lecturers and, you know, doctors and, and pastors here that have gone through the same mm. journey. Mm. It's, a, it's a big eye-opener and... Some, a decision that, uh, um, that I'm proud of that I made. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. 
Ah, oh, amazing. That's really exciting. How long of studies have you got left? Uh, so hopefully, uh, God willing, this will be my last year. As, as Brett always mentions to me, sometimes we're, I think, half pastors now. Yeah. yeah. Half-cooked pastor. Half-cooked pastor. That's powerful. <laughs> oh, man. Half-cooked pastor. You, you've gotten a bit soggy, but you still still got a little bit to go. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So you're about to finish up. And any ideas about the future after Avondale? About where you'll be, where you'll be working? Not at this stage, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, God, God's got a call, and um, I'll wait for His calling at the right time. So. Yeah, absolutely, God's got a plan. Yeah, well, He's definitely led you here, uh, yeah, so he I wholeheartedly I believe that He will continue to lead. This is powerful stuff. Hey, thank you so much for joining us Thanks this for morning, Taylor, for giving us some insight into your story and the way that God has worked in your life. And I want to encourage, maybe you're listening this morning and you're feeling particularly compelled about doing ministry. Maybe it's not, mm. hey, I should go and study my degree in theology to become a pastor. Mm. Uh, but maybe it's, you know, God is calling me to make a commitment to him. And yeah. I think he's always calling us to make some commitment, um, mm. whatever stage and journey you're on. And the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And it doesn't say that because, oh, today, as soon as you make your decision, Jesus will show up in the clouds. But rather, mm-hmm. the decisions that you make today have eternal consequences. Yeah. You know, they, they have internal, uh, eternal implications. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. so we want to encourage you, if God has put something on your heart to be used by Him in ministry, yeah. respond to that call. And if Give God calls, life. He's got a plan. Right? Absolutely. He'll, he'll make it happen. Yeah. He's wanting to support you. Hey, thank you so much. You're listening to the Faith FM Breakfast Show, positively different radio. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.